Hi, and welcome to another episode of FTU Life After the Military. I'm your host, Tony Rodriguez. It's a beautiful Saturday uh, afternoon. Uh, the NFL playoffs are going on, and I went for a very relaxing uh, six-mile run at a seven-minute and 30-second pace. Um, so I'm having a very good day, and so I wanted to do this uh, podcast episode uh, just to run by a couple of things that are going on in my bulbous Chaka head. Uh, if you don't know who Chaka is, just uh, Google uh, Land of the Lost 1970s, and you'll see the caveman from that time, and um, you'll get a good laugh out of that. Um, okay, so I just wanted to talk to people about like my journey that I, I've been on uh, since I retired. So uh, my interaction with the VA has been, you know, decent. Um, I applied for that uh, vocational or veteran re-education and training program. Uh, I didn't, didn't did not qualify, um, but I did um, talk to the representative, and she was able to help me so I could at least get a little bit of money for um, books for my PhD program. Right. And any little bit helps. So very appreciative of that. Um, so secondly, uh, going through the whole process of submitting my claim. Um, it, it was pretty easy, but if you haven't done it before, it's very confusing. And when you get on their website, the dates change quite a bit. And when you call the 800 number, nobody can really explain it to you. Um, so just be patient. Um, uh, it can be anywhere from 30 days after you get out of the military and um, up to about a year. I've heard people um, who had their claim in on time and have waited up to about a year after they were out before they were started receiving compensation. So, you know, just be patient. Um, check your account, check the status to see where um, your claim is. And then, you know, don't be afraid to call them because that's why they're there. Right. Um, they, the people who were calling, they, they're there to help us. So if you have questions, ask the questions. They may be, they may get upset and that's fine. Then just hang up and call back or just say, Hey, can I speak to your manager? Or is there anyone else I can speak to? And that's all right. They're, they're, they might be upset. They might be offended. And that's their problem. That's not ours, you know, and we need to look at it that way. Uh, because they work in customer service and we're the customers. Okay, um, so if you retire and you're near a military post, uh, just understand that there's about, I don't know, I, I, you know, retired here out of Fort Bragg and it seems that there's easily a trillion veterans here, right? So me trying to get into any of the, uh, VA uh, facilities here. Um, it's just impossible. It's not going to happen. And there's two, right? There's uh, one on Rayford Road and one over on Ramsey. And both of them are just packed. So there's no way they, even if I was willing to wait, they're just packed. Uh, they reach capacity. So um, my only all, I had two alternatives either go up to Sanford, which isn't far. It's maybe like a, 40 minute drive from where I live or just go out to any of these doctors here uh, 
in Fayetteville, right? And the VA would pay for it. The problem with that is uh, I'm still waiting. You know, I was out in October and I'm not waiting to be seen. I'm just waiting to make my appointment. Uh, you know, I went in online, signed up for VA Health. I went in to make sure I was signed up and went in for my ID. And of course, their machine's down, so I couldn't get my ID. And that's that's fine. That's, that's to be expected, right? Because Ultimately, the VA is still a government organization. And as we know, government organizations uh, have a great deal of problems um, because there's really no motivation for people to work hard. There isn't. Um, if you're in those positions and you're a person who's motivi- motivated by intrin- intrinsic values, then yeah, you're going to work hard. That means for those of uh you out there who don't know what that means, that's mean, that means basically if you're doing something for like the good of other people or if you're doing it because you want to basically feel good about yourself and you want to help your fellow man, then those people are going to work hard. Now, people who are out there working for ex- extrinsic values, um, basically for money, they're not going to work very hard, right? They're, they're there to collect a paycheck. And I, I'd like to say that the majority of the people that are working for the VA are there for a paycheck. So... Just understand that um, if you're retiring near a military installation, you're going to have a long wait to be seen. Um, But again, you know, it's your health and you have the right to go in there and call them every day, go up to the VA every day, and they're going to help you or they're not. Um, What I have found is that the people who stay in contact and let them know that it's important, they're going to see you. They're going to help you. Um, so, you know, just, you know, you were in the military and, uh, people told you that you were important and that you were a leader. Well, this is the one time where you have to show that you're actually a leader. Um, you have to go out there and put in the effort to, to be seen. Okay. So I wanted to talk uh, a little bit more about, um, what is this? Uh, life insurance, right? Because again, there are a great deal of people out there who say that, uh, you know, make sure you get your life insurance before you get out. And, and that's up to you whether you want to or not. I, I did. Um, I got one uh, policy, right? But what what I realized uh, that now that I was out is uh, now that I've retired um, is that the military you know, they give you that 400000 But if you stop and you think about it, um, that 400000 isn't going to last very long. If you come in and you're young and you have, or even if you're not young, if you're older and you have, say, two young kids and, you know, your your spouse might work, but maybe she make, she's only making about 60000 a year. Well, you pass away and you're in the Army, they give you that 400000 How How long do you think that... That four hundred thousand is going to last. That's not going to put your children through college. That's just enough to, you know, for them to get by for a few years, and it, it just isn't enough. Um, the military gave it gave us that insurance because a lot of us. I, I can't speak for everybody in the military, but um, you know, for me, I thought that was a lot of money. It, it's not. It those are it's pennies. It's it's nothing. It's less than nothing. Uh, we were just uh, psyoped into believing like, wow, this is a good deal. And for the amount of insurance, it's like, yes, it was a good deal because we were paying, what, 
10, 12 bucks a month. It's not very much. So yes, that was a good deal. Um, but I, you know, even while I was in, I got an extra 250,000. Well, now that I'm out and I'm retired, I realized that that 650,000 wasn't enough. So I went to multiple places and now I have um, insurance through my company and I have four other policies. Um, so I know if I pass away, my family will be okay for probably about, I don't know, 10 years um, because my wife does work. And then with the money from the insurance and I did elect in to get the SBP, uh, she'll, she'll be all right for at least 10 years. And then by that time, she should be able to start collecting my social security and then, um, you know, my 401k. So I'm telling you this because if you think your insurance is enough, it probably isn't. And uh, when you talk to all these people out there, these insurance salesmen, they're going to tell you what you want to hear because they just want to sell you a policy and they want you, they want your money, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. That's just life. That's, I mean, they're in their, they're in business, you know, they need to earn a living as well. Um, but I'm, I'm telling you all this because everybody says you have to get it before you get out. Well, two of the policies policies that I have, I uh, was able to get after I left the military, after I retired, after my VA claim was completed. And everyone says, no, don't do that because you're going to, you know, your rates are going to go skyrocket. That could be true, and that could also be false. That depends on you, right? The insurance companies did not care. They could not care less that my shoulders are crap and my back is done and my hips are done. My, they, don't, they don't care that I need shoulder replacement. don't care that I was recommended to have my lower spine fused together. They don't care that my left hip should be replaced. They don't care that my left knee should be replaced. Don't care. What did they care about? What's my blood pressure at? Well, now that I retired from the army, my blood pressure isn't high anymore. It went back down to 115 over 75. They asked, hey, well, what's my uh, blood sugar level? Well, again, now that I'm in the army, I'm not stress eating and, you know, chugging down four chocolate bars a day. It's coming in at, you know, it was the last, last check I did was at 88. That's pretty good for fasting. Um, blood sugar level, everything that all the tests that they did, everything came in immaculate, perfect. My cholesterol, right? 48 going on 49, um, Mexican American, I'm Latino, right? So of course everybody expected my cholesterol to be sky high. Nope. Under 200. Awesome. Immaculate. So what does that mean? That means that my rate came in very, very low. Because I've been taking care of myself. Lost weight, right? All this helps. Um, One company decided that because I was diagnosed with sleep apnea, that yes, they were going to raise my rates. They raised it $20 a month. So it comes into a whopping $80 a month. The other one decided, no, we don't care about your sleep apnea because it's it's minor. Just don't care. So that rate still stayed Remarkably low. 
And I'm telling you this because you're going to hear all these experts telling you, hey, you need to make sure that you do it beforehand. What do they know? They just know their experience. They don't know your experience. They don't know my experience, right? They're all experts. And I blame that on this, just the military, right? Because in the army, what is, what, what is your knowledge based off of? It's just based off of your time in the military. It's like, well, do you have an education? Well, no, because I was in the army. So why would I need an education? That's how morons think. Okay. That's how morons think. And if they were, you have to understand if they were moron in the military, they're going to be a moron when they retire. And they're going to tell you, they're still going to talk to you like you're a private and they're a master sergeant. And they try to mentor you and tell you how their life is awesome while they're working at Walmart, right? You're, you have a very good job and they're still, they're working at Walmart. They still, they have a need to feel important. So I'm telling you this because you just need to understand that when you retire, it's all on you and you have to pick how you're going to go about living your life, how you're going to go about finding insurance. Nobody's going to help you. There's going to be a lot of people out there who are going to give you advice, um, but they can give you bad advice and you're going to miss out because you listen to a moron. I'm not saying I have all the answers. I'm not saying I'm intelligent. I have my days when, man, I'm on it. Right? You know, I have come up with some good ideas and I have my days where, Sweet Jesus, dumbest thing I've ever heard, right? And I think to some extent that's just about everybody in, in the military or everybody in life, I should say. Um, so just just decide how you're going to go about, about um, doing this. Now, I also wanted to talk to you, uh, talk to you about my uh, journey uh, with my uh, – PhD program, right? Um, so it's going pretty well. Um, you know, the first two weeks were difficult. Again, it's only been two weeks, so how 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 hard can it really be? Um, you know, I've been out of school for six months, so being bombarded with all that um, reading again was took a little getting used to it, it woke me up, which is what I needed. Uh, I was just feeling a little down um, through the holidays. So it's good. And the other thing was that, um, and I already knew this, is that there's, you know, in life, you're going to meet a lot of people, but there's always somebody bigger, stronger, faster. And in this case, there's always somebody smarter. And I love that because uh, to some extent, I love, uh, when reality punches me in the face and I and I have to contend with, well, there's somebody smarter than I am. So I need to pick up my game. I need to put in a little bit of, put in a little bit more work. I'm not going to be able to coast through this. Um, again, have three master's degrees, right? While a PhD is what was accepted in those master's degrees, uh, the master's program will not be accepted in this PhD program. And that's awesome because that's what I want. I want to improve. I want to progress. I don't want to settle for who I am. I, I know there's more and I want to I want to get there. I want to achieve my goals. And so the professors have been very kind and, you know, offered assistance and 
we had this first get together uh, on Thursday so we could talk about um, if anybody was having any problems or any issues. And uh, for me, uh, you know, it was an hour long and I didn't say a single word because the people that were on there, uh, there's 12 people in this cohort and nine of them were talking about how they feel overwhelmed. They don't feel like they're able to do the work and they're thinking about quitting and they have imposter syndrome. Well, for me, I really enjoyed my time in the military. I'm very proud of, of my service, but the one thing I, I, I look back on and I'm very appreciative of it now is um, I really hated when we were in the, when I was in the military and I'd go out to the range and I was told, Hey, we're going to train our guys on, you know, just transition, you know, cause a lot of people had never fired their long guns or M4s and then had to transition to their sidearm. Right. So that was something new. Like we get out there and I'm getting yelled at getting, you know, having first sergeants and master sergeants yell at me. It's like, well, why aren't you guys like ready to go out there and do this course? It's like, well, we have three days on the range. I understand you guys don't like being on the range, but I need to train my guys. Right. So it, the expectation was just unrealistic. They expected everybody to show up and know how to shoot and how to transition without being trained. It's like, well, you should have trained them beforehand. Well, it's difficult to train people without ammunition, without the necessary requirements, right? And so for me, I appreciated that because it's it's stupid. You you like I used to hear people when I was in 82nd about Sear School. It's like, yeah, man. When you go to Sear School in the first day, they line you up and they just punch you in the face. It's like, well, what are you learning if, if you just show up to a school that's three weeks long and the first day they're just punching in the face? You don't know why they're punching in the face. It's like, why even go to school? We could just do that here, right? And that's the army mentality where we just made things up and the military mentality, right? We, we just made things up. And, uh, you know, we expect people to be experts, uh, right from the beginning. And that's just, it just isn't going to work. And so the people in this cohort, in my PhD cohort, they were talking about like, let's form a group. We're going to download these, you know, what is it? WhatsApp and Slack and all. So we can message each other so we can help each other. It's like, I had to tell them, it's like, I don't need your help. Never needed your help. I don't need it now. And I won't need it tomorrow. And I won't need it four years down the line. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this on my own. Um, because that's why I applied to this program. So I could do it on my own. If I need any help, I know where to seek assistance. And that's with the professors. Why would I seek assistance from a peer? You're already telling me that you're in over your head. So why would I ask you for help? Just tell me, be honest, say, hey, I might need help. Would you mind helping me? And I say, sure, no problem. But don't try to sigh up me and say that's, that you're going to help me because you're not. Um, but their mentality is also unrealistic. They're thinking that they're going to show up to the PhD program and they're supposed to be ready to write their dissertation. That's stupid. The whole program is to take you from where you are when you show up and prepare you for that. And that's why it's a four-year program and they give you up to eight years, right? You have to learn. You take steps. Uh, they don't understand that. I do. Um, my first effort, my, my first two writing uh, efforts professor said, Hey, you know, gave me some critique and critiqued it and okay, I'll make the necessary adjustments. 
I can't fix something if you don't tell me that it needs to be fixed. You know, I'll put in the work, I'll do the research, but just let me know where I can improve. And I think that's what we need to do in everything in life, right? Especially after retirement. When we get out, we need to be open to uh, to different opinions, different points of view. Uh, where I work right now, there's uh, there's a company chaplain. They send out a bunch of things. He sends out a bunch of emails. And I had some coworkers that had a problem with this. And we were having a discussion about it. And I said, I told him, I was like, what's the big deal? Who cares? Just let it slide. Like, you know, it's not bothering anybody. Um, but that's, I was looking at it from uh, being a military member, right? From being a soldier. And I used to get these emails. Um, anybody who was on, in use of soccer members, uh, Mr. Pimble on the Pimble grounds, right? You'd get these emails. And they, a lot of times, like, they were nonsense. You would just delete them. Right. And so that's why I was telling him, it's like this chaplain sending you emails, just delete them. But that's not right. Like this is a private company and the private company shouldn't be pushing their religious values on, on, on any of its employees. Um, I don't mind, but I, I changed my mind. I went in the next day and told me, it's like, you know what? You guys are right. I'm wrong. Um, they shouldn't be doing this. And now, I love where I work and I love my coworkers. Is this going to be a big problem for me? Probably not. I'm just going to do what I said, right? Just to uh, delete the emails. But they were right. And I had to let them know that, you know what? You're right. And I'm wrong in this instance. And we have to just be willing to accept that what we learned in the military is going to help us to an extent, but you have to open up your mind and be willing to let go of some of the things that we learned because what worked in the military isn't going to work for you in normal life all the time, right? There's this, you have to adjust, you have to work at it, right? Everybody thinks that, oh, I'm just going to get out and I'm going to slide right into my regular life and everything's going to be great. And that's not the case, right? You, you like everything you have to put in, you have to practice. Um, you know, I, I said, I'll drop however many miles at a seven minute and 30 second pace, right? About six months ago, I couldn't do that. Well, now I can. Why? Because I've been practicing, you know, just learned how to play one, two, three, four from, uh, plain, plain white tees. You know, a month ago, I couldn't play it. Now I can. Why? Because I practice. So you have to practice these things. So it's okay. You're going to succeed at some things and you're going to fail at other things, right? Like I said, um, you know, I love my job where I'm at right now. I, I enjoy going into work. I enjoy uh, seeing my coworkers. Um, but I'm still looking for another job. And why not? Um, I know my value. I know what I bring to an organization. If I can find somebody that's going to pay me an extra 50000 a year, then why not? You know, I'm going to take that. And so should you. Um, just make sure that you're, you know, just know your value. Don't go in there looking for a CEO job if you have a high school diploma and nothing else. Unless you start your own company, then you can be whatever, the CEO, CFO, COO, you can be all of it, right? So this is just going to be a short episode. Uh, most of them are going to be short episodes now um, because I have a whole lot of reading and writing to do. Uh, 
but two things. Uh, one, this podcast has led me to um, uh, my dissertation topic. Uh, I'm going to pursue um, the veteran who turns to um, conspiracy theories and what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not social groups. They're not terrorist groups, but organizations that, I guess, conduct illegal activities and the threat that poses to society as a whole. Now, I haven't come up with my question, but that's my topic, and I'm going to pursue that um, for multiple reasons. I, I And, you know, if you want to know, then in four years, you can read my dissertation uh, but that's basically my topic. So um, thank you for everybody who's been on here and uh, who's discussed uh, just veterans in general. So thank you very much. Now, again, you know, I want to promote a business. So for me, I want to, um, this isn't a local business, but this is the last company that I went with um, to get my insurance and they gave me great rates uh, for my life insurance. And again, this was after I, I left the military, um, so and the insurance agent, uh, her name is uh, Sarah Blaylock. You can find her on LinkedIn, and the company is United Shield Life Insurance. Um, she was more than willing to go down and you know go over the difference between life insurance and the SBP. Um, I, you know, wasn't rude, but I let her know like I hey, we don't need even need to discuss that because I want both. And so she gave me uh, the rates from different insurance companies. And there was one on there who had the best rate, but I just didn't trust them. So we went with another one. She found one for me. And, uh, you know, when the girl came in to take my um, blood samples and my height and weight and um, my blood pressure, she listed me as 5'1", right? I'm, I'm short, but I'm not that short. You know, I'm 5'7". And that makes a difference because I, I weigh 185 pounds. Um, so just correct, um, Sarah was, I, I informed her of the mistake and she called the insurance company and they corrected it and, you know, I, I got the lowest rate possible. So I'm very appreciative of that. So again, uh, her name is Sarah Blaylock, B-L-A-Y-L-O-C-K. You can find her on LinkedIn and the company is United Shield Life Insurance. Just reach out to them and they'll be more than happy to help you out. Um, okay. Shout outs, shout outs this week. You know, I just want to shout out my my daughter. Um, you know, she's out there in Alabama, and she's killing it. And, again, I'm very proud of her. Um, it's not easy being uh, my daughter. And it's not easy. Uh, it's not easy having me as uh, a dad or a grandpa. Um, so, you know, I just wanted to give a shout out to my daughter and, and to my grandbaby for putting up with me. Um, just want to let them both know that I love them and I'm very proud of them. Uh, Ashley, you know, you're the best. Your grandma and your grandpa would be very proud of you. All right. So until next time, everybody, just remember uh, you are special. You have something to offer. Just ident identify what that is and maximize it. Okay. So until next time, zot, 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 and roll tide.